Alright, so let's get right into it. Uh, who are you? Where are you from? Who do you work for? Uh, hi, my name is Parker. I work for Zach Cambrin with the Nebraska franchise of Evans. I'm out of Nebraska, Superior, Nebraska to be exact. And how long have you been polishing? Almost four years now. Four years? Yeah. Wow, so you were with him I was pretty much right out the gate? Yeah, when he was, I was still with him when he was All-American polishing pros. Yeah, when you guys were doing the shenanigans, and yeah. the, the old videos, that stuff was funny. I yeah. always enjoyed that stuff. We had a good time doing that. Yeah. So he started like a year before you? Yeah, he was about a year into it before I started with him. So is that where, is that kind of where you got into it? Was he trained you, showed you, showed you the ropes, that kind of stuff? Or what got you into it? Actually, it's a crazy deal how I got into it. I run it, I heard about him polishing. I'd heard about him in town from somebody. They were kept going on about it, and I was like, yeah, check it out. I need some extra cash. I was doing construction work at the time. Okay. Wasn't making enough cash flow. Needed to make a little side money. I run into him in the store one night. Said, hey, you ever need an extra hand doing anything? He was like, sure. He was like, as a matter of fact, I need help tomorrow. I was like, well, I wasn't expecting that quick, but I stuck my foot out there. Let's go for it. I got it. He picked me up the next morning. I went out there with him. He literally gave me a five-minute crash course on how to cut a front steer tire, handed me the grinder, and said, have fun. <laughs> so I, me, I just grabbed it, went to town. That's awesome. I got all six wheels on the truck knocked out, and I think never done it before. I think it took me like six hours. I got all, well, that's pretty fast all six eight. wheels. I come out to him, and I was like, I'm done. He was like, there's no way you're done. No way. I was like, yeah, I'm done. So we walked back in, check him out. He was like, okay. <laughs> He's like, go back there and do those trailer wheels. His, his training program is pretty intense. He just literally throw you a grinder and you're figured out. That's pretty much him. That's where I guess I help him now is because I have a little bit more patience sure. with people. Sure. So when we're training, he'll more or less put them with me because he, he don't have the patience. He knows how to do it, so he just wants to go and get it done and be yeah. done with it. And it works. I mean, you guys have had some good guys over the years. I mean, you guys have Oh yeah. You guys have had some good guys. Keenan worked with you guys for a little while. Uh, we talked about it in Keenan's episode. John worked with you guys for a while. Yeah. You guys all kind of collaborated for a while and all worked together. And then, of course, you guys came and met us in Tulsa and kind of escalated from there. But... Um, you're definitely a talented polisher. I mean, I've gotten the opportunity to work with you, um, I want to say maybe half a dozen times, maybe more already. Easily. You've come up here for Wapon. Uh, this is your second year or third year? This would be, what, third, second, third year. Third yeah. year, I think. Yeah, this would be and third year. You, uh, you went to Tulsa the first with year, us? Because the first year I was in California. Yep, you went to Tulsa with us. Yep. Um, you also went to... Um, Louisville with us. Yep. Dallas with us. Dallas. Twice. Dallas, I only went once. One time. Um, so yeah, we've maybe worked together a handful, maybe a little over a handful of times, and um, I've watched you grow over the last four years quite a bit. Um, you, your technique, your pattern has definitely evolved into something that's uh, you have your own unique signature, which a lot of polishers do. Uh, I feel like a lot of guys end up with their own pattern just because of what's comfortable for them and 
I'm not trying to pick on you, but you being shorter, you got to find a way to make things work. Well, yeah, and that's just how I've, I've figured it out along the way. It's just how to make it work without slowing myself down. Yeah, and that's always a constant battle is um, trying to get stuff done in a speedy manner and still be able to put out a quality product for right. the customer. And you guys do that. You guys do quite a bit of that down there, but you guys do a lot of fleet stuff like we do. And I guess the thing that helps me kind of I've kind of pushed myself to perfect a little different because I do some side jobs by myself on the side. Sure. So when I'm on their trucks, I get a little bit more time with them because I tell them straight up, you know, I'm going to have to have time because I can't whip the whole truck out by myself. Yeah, doing it by yourself. I finally I finally did, though, this past year. I made it. I can get a full Peterbilt done in seven hours by myself. Really? That's tanks, boxes, six wheels, cattle guard, nose, and breathers. Cattle guard and nose. Yep. Jeepers, man, that's quite a bit in seven I, hours. I was moving. That's quite a bit. And there was nobody with me. I was strictly by myself. I had to jack the truck up and everything. Chasing, prepping. Chasing, prepping. Everything was done myself. That's pretty good time, i got to admit. Like, And I have to say, yeah, it was pretty, it wasn't a bad, bad truck, so it wasn't a whole lot of sanding, but I mean, there was still, you know, the regular sanding, the sure. outer lips on your wall, on your wheels, and, you know, knock the tank down a little bit, get salt pitting out. Sure. That's moving. I mean, that's moving pretty good. I worked I worked an entire year um, by myself. I had some employees that kind of just fell apart, and I just decided one year I was going to hunker down and work an entire year by myself, and uh, that beat that beat me up pretty good. I mean, I was averaging two, two trucks a day for that entire year. I think I ended up doing uh, just shy of 700 trucks that year, and uh, some of them were easier, so I could get three or four of them done in a day. They were just six wheels, but uh, the majority of them were Peterbilts and just hunkered down and made it happen. I mean, when you're set on getting it done, it usually happens. I mean, you you got to have the drive to push yourself to get it done because if not, then you're just gonna push around and it's gonna drag out, and then you're gonna look, oh well, he's got to leave. I gotta have this thing done. Yep, yep, yeah. Customers don't want to sit around too long. I, I find that very common that um, most guys don't want to spend two days on their truck you know they want to get it done in a day yeah. or less if you can and uh, it seems to be the way the industry is heading for sure that's 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 a lot for sure because what do you think about it if them if they're down their park they're not making money so they got to justify paying you to polish the truck plus being down plus being down yeah. so the faster you can get it done for them with the good quality too that they expect to be done that's what they're looking for and that's who they stick with. So let me ask you just a couple quick questions here. What's your favorite type of truck to polish? Peterbilt, Kenworth, Freightliner, Volvo, Mac. I have, I have to say I have to say Peterbilt just because there's more. Mostly most Peterbilts have more to do on them than other trucks. Yeah. You know, so you're drawn to the polish as well then? Yeah, I, the polish is what draws me in is because I like taking something that looks like this and then afterwards I can make it look, you know, sure, look way better than it did when it showed up. Sure. I mean, I, th I feel like that's what really soaks us all in. We talked about this with Keenan the other day was polishing is, it's in, in its own form, a drug. Like, yes. polishing is an addiction. Like, once you start getting into being able to polish... And especially once you start getting quicker, like it's very addicting. I mean, you want to see that instant gratification for your work. It's it's crappy to nice really fast, yeah. or it's crappy to crappy, 
then you got to fix it and figure it out. But um, it's definitely instant gratification for your work. So I enjoy Peterbilt's as well, but I uh, I've always had a soft spot for Kenworths myself. Kenworths are I have to be the second one. They're they're growing on me a lot more because we've been dealing with them a lot more, and sure. they're they're starting to grow on me now. Yeah, they're definitely getting to be more popular. Um, People are starting to do more with them now yeah. instead of, okay, Peterbilt, you know, you can do all this to it. Everybody kind of does that. Now they're like, oh, let's do this to the Kenworth. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's, it's definitely something different. It was cab overs for a little while. There was a lot yeah. of cab overs getting built and a lot of cool cab overs getting built. And then all of a sudden it was just right back to Peterbilt's again. And now I feel like we're seeing a, a swing towards Kenworth's. And I'm kind of enjoying it because I, I like I like that it's been something different for a little while. I'm I'm definitely enjoying it for myself. Um, what's your favorite thing to polish? Like what fenders, wheels, tanks, boxes, grills? Like what's your favorite thing on a truck that you you enjoy the most out of all of it? I have to say the most I enjoy is probably tanks. tanks? Honestly, really? Yes. Well, that is not what I expected you to answer. <laughs> That's not what a lot of people expect. But I like tanks because you get to see more. I guess you see more of your quality in it because it's such a bigger area. And I feel like tanks are definitely and, not the easiest thing either. And with the tank, you have to make sure your concept, your pattern, and everything stays consistent through the whole thing. That is definitely not what I expected you to say. I mean, I, I think it's awesome because uh, it's definitely something bigger. And it's definitely something that if you don't get it just right, it's, it's not right. Well, and I like it too because then there's times that the tanks can be challenging. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're challenging. This thing, every day for this sure. this thing's like super rough. You know, been acid washed this whole life. Well, let's see what kind of sanding process I can throw on it and do my cut and color and see Maybe what results I, I get in the end. Hmm. Yeah, I I'm a big fan of wheels. I think there's. there's I like wheels because they're easy. You can get through them pretty quick. You yeah. know. And they. When they're done awesome, like that next level stuff, they just have a different quality about them. You know, that shine it's, just is a little deeper. They got a brighter. lot more depth to it when you hit that next quality line. There, yeah. You can see, and it's like it draws you to it because yeah. the depth's in there, so you're like, ooh. Yeah. And I do enjoy tanks. I definitely don't mind tanks. Um, I've had some really perfect tanks come out over the years, and... I enjoy tanks, but wheels is my jam. Like I like being able to get out four to six wheels in just a few minutes and just bang them out and right. keep right on rolling. Um, now you've only been polishing four years, um, so you've had a, a, a pretty good run at your career here for a little bit. Um, what would you say has been the highlight so far? Like what's been maybe the coolest thing or a great moment or any anything that you would consider a highlight in your four years so far there's so many moments like going through everything that we you know that we've got to do and stuff coming into the you know never knew there was a whole show side to even any of this like yeah. it, it was like whoa they they do this with semis like yeah. i heard about it with cars and trucks you know i've heard yeah. all that but they do this stuff with semis like yeah. i would have never thought that because I had never been around it, never seen it, sure. you know. So then I was like, that's great. This is neat, actually, because there for a little bit I was a diesel tech. So was, so. There, was there one show that kind of, like, stuck out that you were like, this was my favorite or 
like somebody won and you were like, it just gave you a good feeling? I have to say probably the moment that kind of sticks out the most was Louisville bringing Tim Cody in and having only a short time to try to get everything buttoned up on his truck. And you did that by yourself. Yeah. I mean, we were inside detailing already. Tim was the last guy in. Yep. And we didn't really have time to get him done. Nope. But we sent you out to get stuff done that hadn't been completed from a previous polisher. Like there was a bunch of little odds and ends yeah, that needed to get done. Yeah, touch-ups and straightening up. And we literally sent you out. You pulled the, the generator out of my trailer banged it out by yourself while we were detailing and uh yeah i guess that should be a proud moment i mean yeah it, and it, you know it kind of even you know the judges even made me feel good because even the judge come over there and he was like man for you to get it done in that amount of time he was like you were pushing yeah so i mean that kind of made me feel good you know and then like i had a crowd there was nobody around me and then all of a sudden i look back behind me and there's like 20 people standing behind me <laughs> watching what i'm doing yeah, I remember he was, they almost didn't let him into the lot because he was Yeah, he was so so close to the cutoff period. Yeah, but the judge, he, I have to give him credit, I, I don't remember his name, but he was awesome, you know. He, I think it was Jason Alt that let him in. I, I think it was, but he was yeah. awesome. He kept coming, checking on me, you know, you know, kind of not trying to rush you, but how much time you think you got yeah. left, and I'm just pushing through, and he's like, all right, we got, got it done. You I got, got it done. done. No, I think the funniest thing was he got the running late award because he was the last one was to get in because I was getting him polished and getting him in. in. And he looked good. He looked good sitting at the show. And that was a great learning experience for him at that show, too, was to see the level of cleaning that needed to happen. Um, I think that was one of his first shows as I, well. I, I'm pretty sure that was the first one for that truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the truck had just gotten yeah. done getting built. He just got it built, and it comes also, straight from getting built to there. But also, I don't know if he ever showed before that either. I mean, I, th I think that may have been one of his first personal shows. So I'm pretty sure it, would, it was for him. So that was that was pretty cool. I'm, I'm always grateful for you at the shows. I mean, you always seem to you have your little niche sometimes. Like, even today, I had you underneath the truck doing the backsides of fuel tanks and banging out door jams because nobody else wants to do them. <laughs> And you always you always get it done. Yesterday I lost a bet to you on doing door jams. I thought they would take two hours because they looked a little rougher. And um, ended up doing a steak dinner last night to to cover uh, my lost bet. But that was awesome. I love seeing you push to try and. Well, well that's the thing is it's it's just a push to see if I can. I want to keep my quality. Yeah. But be As able you to should. be able to make it faster. Yeah. I think there's there's a line that most people put between speed and quality. Most people think if you polish fast, it can't be quality. I, I, I'm one of the people that disagree. I feel like you can do both. They overlap at some point in time, and I feel like that overlap has its own area as well where there's guys that are doing it fast and good. Um, I do, have I seen some guys that are fast but not good? Sure. Have I seen some guys that are slow and not good? Sure. I mean, it happens. It happens. But... To be able to do it fast and good is one of those, I don't know, just one of those great moments that once you figure it out and it unlocks, you just keep moving and pushing along. It's it's one of those, I don't know, satisfying moments. Right. It's, it's, it's real satisfying, especially when the customer's happy with what you've done uh, when you're all done with The it. smile is what it's all yeah. worth. Yeah. 100%. The money, of course we're all in it for the money, but the smile is... Uh, 
The smile right. is always worth it when you see somebody get that big trophy and yeah, the appreciation, you know, the smile, the handshake that they give you, like man, you know, thanks for the help, and you're like, I got to be a part of this. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but who's who is your favorite person that you've done work for? I know you said you enjoyed doing Tim Cody at Louisville, but if you had to take one of the customers that you've worked for and be like, I love doing work for this guy, who's that one guy? It could be one of your fleets. Like It could be one of the fleet accounts that you guys go to, or it doesn't necessarily have to be a short trucker. I'd probably say probably Alan Brooks. He's out of Illinois. He's one of the guys that come to us and... He wanted us to do his truck, didn't want nobody else to do it. He'd heard about me and Zach with the Nebraska franchise, and he sat down there at one, at Joplin one year, and we were, me and Zach were busy, couldn't couldn't hardly keep up, you know, because it was just me and him here sure. again. So we're flying to get done. So we split off on the last two trucks. All right, you go do this whole truck by yourself, and Zach went and done his truck by himself, and then oh. ever since then, he stuck with us. That's pretty cool. But it's a great time, you know, being around him. He's fun, you know, take, like everything else, you know, you take us out and stuff, but he's one of those guys, you know, give your shirt off your back if you needed it. That's good stuff. And you can call him any, I can call him any time and tell him I needed something, he'd be, okay. That's always nice. And honestly, I've been very fortunate in the 20 years that I've been doing this, that we've got a lot of great customers that take good care of us and, if we ever broke down in another state, they'd definitely make sure that we got taken care of. Um, so it's it's great that we've got such a great clientele. We've had some we've had some rough ones over the years as well, but for the most part, we deal with a lot of great people. And between the show circuit and the everyday stuff, there's a lot of good people out there. There is. There's a lot of good people out there that would do a lot for you. No doubt. And we've met a lot of them along the way, and I'm glad for the experience so I can meet the people and also the stuff that I've got to see along the way, you know, the different rides, how, yeah. they, how they change them up. Yep. You know, Some like, of the same trucks change over it, and over. Exactly. Like, this truck looked like this last year. Now it looks like this. <laughs> now it's got stripes on it. They didn't right. have stripes on it before. Um, so what was one of the jobs that you worked on that you guys pulled up and you were like, oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be an easy job. And then you got halfway into it or three quarters of the way into it and you were like, this was not what I expected. This is way worse. This is just definitely not as much fun as I thought it was gonna be. Mm, there's been quite a few jobs like that. <laughs> but I have to say the one that kind of sticks out to me is one that I took on on my own that Zach let me do by myself because it's one of my friends there in sure. town. I, he got, I talked to him in, he wrecked two Freightliners that I'd polished. I polished for him every year, each year. I polished his truck, and it wasn't later that year he totaled the truck out. Oh, man. So I finally told him, I was like, maybe it's time to get away from the Freightliners. <laughs> I was like, let's try to get you a Peterbilt. What do you got against Freightliners? Well, I was just saying, his bad luck at run because he had two Freightliner <laughs> yeah, classics. No, and I polished them both, and then boom. They're both totaled. So maybe it was you that was the best. And it was, well, it was me because I never got to do any more with them, like the process, because they had been acid washed <coughs> their whole life. Sure. So they were really rough. Most of them know. are. They're, a lot of them are fleet trucks. And I figured when, when and then I, he finally talked him into getting a Peterbilt. He bought a Peterbilt. He sent me some pictures of it. 
I was like, oh, that's not going to be too bad, you know. We'll get together, get it cleaned up because by the pictures, you know, it looked decent. Sure. I showed up to. I showed up that night. He had it in the shop. I walk in and I'm like, "Oh boy, this is not gonna go Way easy." <laughs> I was like, "This is not what it looked like in the picture you sent me." He was like, "I know." He's like, <laughs> "I was like, this thing's been through mills." Yeah, I've been down that road a number of times. Oil, too. oil caked on the front of the boxes. I mean, it was probably two inches thick, just Ooh. caked in there. So now you got to grease on top of that. Yeah, it just, so it was a whole cleaning process before I even got to start <laughs> doing my other process so I could even start polishing the truck. Sure. I think it took me, I was supposed to, I still, I got it done that night. I started probably six that afternoon. I finished it about three o'clock the next morning because he had to, it had to be done it's overnight. Only nine, it's only nine hours. I mean, it's still not. Not terrible. terrible, but it was let. It was. I was expecting to be done a lot quicker. You're expecting by, the pitch, by midnight. Yeah, yeah, the pictures. It was like, oh, I'm gonna fly through this thing. Most time I'm gonna have to spend is the tanks. Well, then it turned out he got part of the nose replaced, so part of it's brand new, and then part of it's old. I hate blending up new to old. And it, it's the so metal hard. Never seems to be the same. It, you, it, you, it's like you never get it to match. Yeah. Uh, I've come pretty close a time or two, but. I've said this in a bunch of my YouTube videos, like aluminum's like a sponge. It soaks up pretty much anything it comes in contact with. So if you got a chunk of grill that's been driven for 15 years and you got a brand new piece, like blending those two together is that's a tough it, deal. It takes a little bit more. It takes a challenge. lot of skill and talent for sure. That is for sure. If you had to if you had a brand new polisher sitting in front of you, somebody that's never polished before, just looking to get into it. What's the best advice that you could give them? Something that you think is one of the most important things in metal polishing for that you've seen in your years. One, I guess the thing I can see is don't get discouraged if you don't get it right away. It's, it's a learning process. You have to figure out what you're working with and how to work with it. I feel like a lot of people do struggle with that. Um, one of the major questions I get all the time is how do I tell the difference between aluminum, stainless, or chrome? Right. And it's one of the hardest answers for me to answer because I just look at it and nine times out of ten I know. And if I don't know, I just grab a little acid or brightener and squirt it on there. And if it turns white, it's aluminum. If it doesn't do anything, it's either stainless or chrome. And once you figure out if it's stainless or chrome, then you got to start working up from there, checking with magnets, and most chrome will, magnets will stick to most chrome. But that's weird. Like, it's it's a very difficult question to answer without physically seeing what somebody's looking at. Um, we all know that like some things like stacks, most stacks are chrome. Yeah. There are some stainless ones out there. Um, most grills are aluminum. There are chrome ones and stainless yeah. ones as well. Um, wheels, you don't see as many chrome wheels out there. No, you only see a few of them. And I've never once seen a stainless wheel. I haven't seen They'd be like a thousand pounds. No, we did see a set of stainless wheels, didn't we? Mm. Oh, what's his name's got stainless wheels? They're chrome. Those are chrome? Okay, yeah. well they look kind of stainless yeah. how they are. Because they're like the old school. The simulator styles? Yeah, they only got two holes in them. Yeah. One here and one here. Those are the old chrome steelies, yeah. 
Those used to be really popular when I first started polishing. We used to see those a lot. When I worked at the truck wash, we saw a lot of those old chrome two-hole steel wheels. And uh, they were they were really popular, and then they just kind of fell off the face of the earth. I mean, EPA came in and started putting tighter restrictions on a lot of the chrome shops, and they just disappeared. I mean, right. there's very few chrome shops that are chroming semi-wheels anymore. I mean, there's I think I know one place in Texas. I think I know one place in California, but nobody else is really doing them. Somebody told me that there's a company up in Canada that's doing them, but I I haven't seen them. I'm, I mean... I haven't personally seen them, um, but I know Linda Mood uses a guy down in Texas. Um, I know some of the California guys are using a guy out there to do chrome wheels still, but they're just not that popular anymore. I like the look of them, but I, I still like the look of freshly polished metal. And that's the thing with me, is freshly polished to me looks amazing when it's done. If you've done the right process with right, it, right. that's the biggest thing, you have to have your right process to get your results. <laughs> is there is there any other information that you would like to give a fresh polisher that you think could maybe help move them forward faster or do you think they should just stay in their lane, wait the process out and make it work? My biggest thing that helped me, I guess, that would probably help them is like Zach, he had extra boxes and stuff sitting at his house. Yeah. So what I did is I'd go over to his house when we had a day off. And just practice. And I'd just sit there and practice, you know. Okay, well, that didn't work. Let's try something <laughs> different. I have been seeing that more and more, especially with newer polishers going to junkyards and getting um, tanks and boxes and spare cracked wheels, that kind of stuff. And honestly, I think that's the best thing because you're not practicing on a customer's vehicle then. Whereas, I practice on customers' vehicles daily. I mean, I I didn't have practice stuff. Now we do, but we simply we simply just kept practicing and practicing. And once you start doing a truck a day, it just starts becoming repetition and muscle memory. And it does. It's like it's it's like you said earlier. You just show it. You know what it needs. All right, this is what I got to do now. Yep. Let's go. And. Do you find that sometimes just looking at something, you know exactly where you're going to have to start sanding? A lot of times I pretty much well know like where to start In a at. ballpark. Yeah. yeah, I know in a ballpark, all right, I'm going to have to go to this lower grid on this piece and come up. Do you find yourself sanding the same grits every time or the same direction every time? Like if you start with 180, do you do 223, 2400, 600, or do you skip grits? Uh, try to stay with stepping them up, sometimes skip them, all depending on what you're working with and the quality of the metal of what sure. shape it's in. Sure. Yeah, I try to, I'm, I'm very textbooky. Like, I, I try not to ever skip grits. I try to make sure I follow from beginning to end. I don't like skipping grits because I feel like I waste more sandpaper. But I have seen a lot of polishers get great results. I mean, you guys even said one time, you guys jumped straight from 320 to 600. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've tried that. On the laziness is why it happened. <laughs> <laughs> but you, it worked. But with but that it process, work. it comes back to, like you said, yeah, you might use a more sandpaper if you do it that way. Right. And I feel like I, I do. I feel like I use more 600 grit. And for me, 600 grit costs an extra $2 a box. So right. if I end up using four sheets of 600, where if I'd only use one sheet of 400, one sheet of 600, I'd save myself two sheets, which is 50 cents a sheet. 
So I had to save myself a buck, which I know a buck doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're doing a dollar here, a dollar there, $10 a day for... It adds up over time. A couple hundred days. I mean, that stuff adds up pretty quick. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool. So, you've been doing this for four years. American Polishing Pro, Evans Polishing, Nebraska. Those were the only two places you worked for? Yes, that's But you were, in, you were a diesel mechanic before that? Yes, I was a diesel mechanic in South Carolina before that. Really? Yeah. So have you kind of always been around trucks, or was this just something you kind of gravitated I, towards? No, I've always like dealt with trucks. You have truckers always, in your family? No, not had truckers in my family. It's just something that drawn me to the, the big trucks. That's like my jobs when other jobs that I've had along the lines have had to always involve big trucks being in there somehow. Really? Pretty much. Hmm. Because I suppose even in construction you got to be around big trucks somehow. Exactly, the big concrete trucks and all that coming in. And was, was the shine something you always noticed or was that just... It was, it was one thing I, ca I questioned more like being a diesel tech because I didn't know about polishing. So like I'd see this truck come in this got decent shine to it and then all of a sudden this truck pull in to get worked on and he's just standing tall like <laughs> look at me and I'm like why does his look like that and why does his look like that yeah yep. pride in your ride and that's before I learned all the polishing and I'm like oh that makes sense why there's and now you now you've been to a number of shows and you see the, even the different levels at the shows I mean you'll see some nice really nice trucks at the shows and you'll see some rougher trucks at the shows and you'll see some at the shows you're like what is this thing doing here like that's for sure I'm not 100 <laughs> sure i mean I, I appreciate that everybody has all these guys have pride in their ride but there's been a few times where i was like man this guy's gonna get smacked and i hope he doesn't feel bad like he's in a tough class yeah, right because you, well you look at their class that they're in and you're just like you don't know what you got yourself into like if you know if they're judged properly they don't know what they're looking for that they're going to get picked apart on yeah this no, other guy that's been showing for a few years he knows more about what he's going to get picked apart on and say they're in the same class this guy that's just coming in is just going to get destroyed yeah and it kind of i think in a way that probably discourages some of the truckers is yeah. because they get destroyed like that right in the beginning but they need to sit down and i always like seeing figure the guys. out why they got you know, why did I get hammered? I always like seeing the guys that got beat this year come back next year and take a better run at it. Um, I always I always go back to the Dave McKinney story. He always said uh, his first year he thought he had the baddest 359 anybody's ever seen and then he showed up at Louisville and he got smacked. Yeah. And then all of a sudden uh, next year he came back and he came back prepared and he got it clean and got it where it needed to be and he won. Right. Like, I love hearing stories like that from guys that just weren't doing it, and all of a sudden, bam, they came through. Yeah, they were like, I figured out where I needed figured to put out they in. Prepared. Yeah, I need to. I figured out where I needed to put my elbow grease in at. Right, right. So, if you had to do anything different, would you would you do something else other than polishing, or do you enjoy it enough that you would stick? Or do you think this is going to be a long term thing for you? Honestly, I think this will be a long-term thing for me because I enjoy it. It's it's like you said, it's almost like a drug to you. Well, 100%. It, it, once you get into a certain level of it, it hooks you and you're just like, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> I agree. 
And especially when you can get your speed with it, then it really pushes you a little bit better because then you're like, you know, you can get it done quicker. Okay, yeah. I can get two, three trucks done today instead of just one truck today. Yeah, we've got some, we've had some crazy days. I mean, we've we hit on this on one of the other episodes where we talked about Tulsa, where you guys were coming in and only doing one truck a day or one truck every other day, and all of a sudden you're doing um, 21 in three days. I mean, yeah. we were literally just hustling as hard as we could. I would have never thought that would have happened. I come in, <laughs> mine just boop, yeah. blown. And it was funny because at Tulsa, I, I literally threw everything I could at you. I mean, I had you crawling underneath trucks with me, something you had never done before. We were mm -hmm. polishing backsides at fuel tanks. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on at that show, and there was a lot of really big guys that year. I think that in bringing up that, that one of never be really like being under the trucks like that, dealing with the polishing side. Yep. Oh, Kenny Fisher's truck, when you go to let it down, you got to, luckily me being a small guy, yeah. I'm the only one that can fit inside of there <laughs> and hug. hug. You got really low bumpers. Yeah, yeah, because you can't, you can't. That thing, I'm lucky I got long arms. I can usually squeeze them in there, but it's still not great. Well, yeah, that helps you, but it helps me. I guess that's my advantage side, too, is a lot of guys see me, I am smaller. It has its disadvantages and its advantages. Yeah. Because... Where y'all don't like to get in them tight spots. I said it was funny, like those, those tanks today, there was no way I was getting in there. Like that thing sat low. There was just no way I was going to get in there. And thankfully, you being as small as you are, you managed to get in there and you made it look easy. I mean, <laughs> I thought that the backsides of them tanks were going to take longer, but you banged them out real quick and got it got it looking right. So there's, a, there's its advantages and disadvantages. Um, but I'll open the floor for you. I'll allow you... <laughs> <laughs> to ask me one question, oh um, just it can be anything within reason, um, just something maybe you were curious about or um, just something you wish you would have known. What would be your advice if somebody wanted to do this on their own? Don't. <laughs> I mean, literally, don't. I mean, I would tell somebody to go and apprentice under somebody. like. I know it sounds cliche, but honestly, I would tell somebody to apprentice under somebody. Because I see a lot of polishers start off working for themselves, and they get burnt out because they can't find good help. They can't find ways to invest in inventory. They can't find ways to pay their taxes at the end of the year or cover their insurance. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into um, metal polishing on the professional level. And now that there's getting to be more business owners and professional people in it, um, the industry is definitely leaning towards that. I mean, who wants the guy in the truck stop touching their $500,000 truck that doesn't have insurance? Right. It's getting to be less and less of that. And I don't want to talk people out of starting metal polishing businesses. Like, I think everybody um, has a golden opportunity right now. The industry has definitely grown and there's a lot more notoriety, it's a lot easier to get work. Um, but I would definitely say if you're looking to um, start your own polishing business, either go take a training course somewhere. I offer one. There's other polishers across the country that offer training courses. Go with them, get set up so you know, kind of see the business side. Like in my training course, I train the business side as well. So I tell you, you should try to manage your inventory. You should definitely get um, the insurance, proper insurance you need so you can do it right. Um, get your business licenses, see if you need to pull permits. I mean, 
there's a lot of things that go into doing it right and a lot of people look past that and I've seen a lot of polishers get burnt over the years where they were pulling wheels off and the wheel flew off going down the road well now you've got an insurance claim and it ended your business you don't have nothing to cover it yeah I so mean, you just fold it under because that just took everything you had a hundred percent so I, I don't want to say people shouldn't start a business because I I started that way. I mean, I started with just nothing. I mean, so, so you're I, saying better is not just gung ho by yourself right out the gate. If, kinda, you, can, kinda, if you can apprentice under somebody, I definitely think there's a lot of value to that. Um, you can learn a lot from an experienced polisher, whether they teach you or not. I mean, you literally Zach handed you a grinder, gave you a five minute crash course, and said, "Do this," and through probably stopping and watching him a number of times, you you learned and grew in a lot of different ways and watching him interact with customers helped you with that as well. And I think a lot of people could gain a lot of really good information on doing stuff like that. Well, that's, you know, it, it just kind of, and that's one thing that helped me was watching them, watching him and when Keenan was with us, watching them because I was, I stuck to mainly doing wheels in the beginning, didn't know much of anything right. else. I just watched them and watched them and I finally got to the point, you know, I hadn't done a tank yet and I was like, I want to do a tank. It was just eating me alive, I wanted to do a tank. Yeah. And I finally, I just truck pulled in and I was like, I told Zach, I was like, I'm going to do this tank. Just, I'm going to do it. And he was like, well, you think you can do it? He was like, go for it. And so I, I jumped on it, sanded it out, cut it out, colored it, and it turned out it turned out good that's and, awesome. was, and that's just everything else kind of rolled downhill from there yeah i feel like it is all downhill like <laughs> every day is something else <laughs> to just add to the pile you know I and mean, there's always something new you're learning about it yeah it i enjoy the learning part like i enjoy trying to figure something else out better figure out a better way to do things um a better way to bump my quality up even if it takes longer I still want to be able to say I can do that and that's the thing with me like when I do trucks on the side without the business I try to do that put that quality like can I get this to look better yeah. than just polishing it you know and giving them you know to make the customer happy you know give them just what makes them happy well what let's see what makes me happy like when I'm done with it and I can stand back and I'm just like I did that. It's a, it's a sense of accomplishment. There's no doubt about it. Like I've said this in I think pretty much every episode. The metal polishing is literally the tie on a suit. It's the cufflinks on your shirt. I mean, we're literally the jewelry that ties it all together. Um, and it's that sense of accomplishment that you can hang your hat on that you were you were part of that. It carries you because it, it helps you too. You know, to hear people like. Hey, have you checked out this guy's work? You know, like, this guy does pretty good work. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to answer some questions. I feel like some of the polishers out there are going to get some good information out of that. Um, I, I doubt this will be the last time we have you on, for sure. We'll definitely be having you on again. I'm sure within the next few years you'll come across some more experiences and some oh, yeah. crazy <laughs> stuff that we come across. We've got some... We definitely need to do... Uh, a truck show stories uh, it, episode and get all the guys together. It, it would be a good one because it'll tell you there's some crazy times. <laughs> there's some stories that I'm pretty sure we couldn't talk about, but yeah. there's, there's some that we don't say, and there's some that we can let people know. The other ones just for the, just for the fun of us. It's our 
are cut loose for after a long work day. Sure. We've we've had some fun with uh, old Ed over here. It's been uh, <laughs> it's been uh, good times and good times and bad, but we t we definitely caught more good times than bad for sure. But I appreciate you stopping by and uh, answering all my questions and definitely giving more information back to the industry. So with that, I thank you and I appreciate time. you having me. We'll see Can't you next time. Until next time.